Good morning, church. I pray that you had a great week. Man, that you were able to experience some great growth and deepen your roots. I'm excited to be bringing you part two of a mini-series that we're in called Dangers of the Day. And if you don't have your cup of coffee yet, man, make sure to go get that, get prepared. Because it's going to be good. I'm excited for it. Um, but last week we were in 2 Timothy chapter 3. We talked about how difficulties are going to come in life, how a self-serving religion could never save. And the answer to all of these things is to stay in God's truth. Well, today we're going to finish up chapter 3, starting at verse 10. And we're going to be talking about what do you know? See, because what you know shows in the way that you live and how you handle adversity. And God wants you to be in the know so that way you could live in his abilities versus your own. And so, man, I'm going to pray for us and we'll dive right in. Father, we just thank you for another day, Lord. Uh, man, this year has been one of many ups and downs, Lord. Uh, but the one thing that has been consistent is you. And the one thing that always will be consistent is you. And so I just pray that today we would be encouraged, uh, that we would be strengthened, uh, that we would be sharpened today, that our hearts, our minds, our ears would be open and receptive of you, that Holy Spirit, you would minister to each one of us, and that we, we would walk away uh, ready for the things that are going to come in our life. And so, Father, just help us be a blessing to those around us. Help us to love those who are hurting, because uh, we know there's going to be a time that we're going to be those people in need of that, and we know that you're faithful to come and show up. And so we just thank you, we love you, and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. 2 Timothy chapter 3, starting at verse 10. Let's go. But you, Timothy... Certainly know what I teach and how I live and what my purpose in life is. You know my faith, my patience, my love, and my endurance. You know how much persecution and suffering I've endured. You know all about how I was persecuted in Antioch and Icon, Icon, and Lystra. But the Lord rescued me from it all. Yes, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. But evil people and impostors will flourish. They will deceive others and will themselves be deceived. But you must remain faithful to the things you've been taught. You know they are true, for you know you can trust those who taught you. You have been taught through the Holy Scriptures from childhood, and they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is inspired by God and useful to correct us when we are wrong and teach us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Church, God got some good work for you. And it starts with this. What do you know? Think about it now. What do you know? What you know makes all the difference in how you carry yourself and how you handle the cards that life deals to you. And then on top of that, who are you learning from? Because the one that you're learning from shapes what you learn, right? And you could have two things. You could have treasures, you know, something that's valuable, something that you want to pass on later on, something that you need to be holding on to. Or you could be learning trash, something that is really not good for you, that you really need to get rid of, that's not going to help you at all. So it's twofold. Who are you learning from? And is what being taught to you something that you can actually apply to your life? Because not everyone in this world is a believer in Jesus and so that means the advice that is given to us is not always going to be godly. 
And as a believer, we need to be aware of that. We need to be mindful of that. Um, we need to be looking for that uh, because it's going to affect what we know. Verse 10 says, But you, Timothy, certainly know what I teach and how I live and my purpose in life. You know my faith, my patience, my love, and my endurance. He said, you know. It's what Timothy knows. One thing that we all know is this faith walk ain't no cakewalk, right? As much as we hear uh, people say, man, I don't have to go to church to have a relationship with Jesus. Or you know what? The church is not a building. It's the people. Amen. Hallelujah. That's true. Okay, I get that. But if you want a healthy relationship with Jesus, it's in our best interest if we stay connected to his bride, the church. And not only do we stay connected to his bride, but we find us a Paul, a couple of Pauls in our life. That's somebody, man, that's really going to speak to us. Because having a church home, it gives you a community of believers that are going to help you grow in your giftings, that are going to sharpen you with accountability, and they're going to encourage you in your trials. Finding Paul is simply finding somebody that's seasoned in faith. They've been doing this way longer than you have, um, so they know the ropes, right? So they're in a good spot uh, to help you with yours. They're willing to speak truth and love. They're willing to be transparent of what this life is really like and, and to help you with it. And they are always looking to live pleasing God. That doesn't mean that they're perfect or, um, man, that they're going to always have all the answers. And they are never to take the place of Jesus in our life. But they are there to support. They are there to help us grow in faith, to grow in patience, to grow in love, to grow in endurance, to grow in our calling and our purpose in life. To grow in living obediently, living godly, and be able to biblically be sound and accurate. They're, help, they're there, right? God puts these people in our place to help us the same way that he put Paul with Timothy. Verse 11 and 12 says, You know how much persecution and suffering I've endured. You know all about how I was persecuted in Antioch and Achaeum and Lystra. But the Lord rescued me from it all. Yes, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. You're probably like, man, that's not what I want to hear right now. <laughs> but this is important, okay? This is why being connected to the bride, to the church, and having a Paul is important. Because it ensures that you don't have to do life alone. And when you're going through trials, uh, man, you got people that are willing to walk with you through it. And not only that... Uh, but now you have somebody that's been a witness to, to God's faithfulness in their own trials because they've been doing it longer than you. And so now you have a resource to help you in yours. And a lot oftentimes they're able to give you some advice and some wisdom that helped them to endure that God gave to them. Man, that is so, man, so rich and so useful uh, for a new believer or somebody that's earlier in their faith. And even somebody that's seasoned in their faith, man. It doesn't matter how long you've been doing this, man. It's like, this life is going to have ups and downs. It's going to have roller coasters. And we need people that are willing to walk with us through it. Because what did they say? There's going to be suffering. There's going to be persecution that comes. That's a hard thing to hear. And it's a hard thing, uh, man, to have to talk about. Because we don't like to hear those words, right? We don't want to experience those things. But when we have a, a Paul in our life, when we have the bride in our life, you know, the church in our life. Now we have warriors that are willing to pray with us, to fight with us, uh, that are going to encourage us and tell us, hey, hey, sister, don't do that. Hey, brother, don't do that. Okay, I know them people are hating on you, but you need to love on them anyway. 
that's something that we need at times. Somebody to keep it real and to keep us from jumping off the edge and acting a fool. Because we want to at times. And like I said, I know suffering and difficulties is something that we want to avoid. Um, because it's intense, it's training, it's tiring. Um, man, and, and it sucks. It's just being honest, it does. And oftentimes, you know, there's times that we can be the ones that cause it. Uh, but there's other times that it just happens. We didn't have nothing to do with it. It just happens. And there's other times besides that that the enemy is just being a hater. And he's over there hating on you because he sees the way that God is succeeding in your life. and succeeding through you. Um, but what did Paul say? Paul says something I, I pray that you caught. He said, but the Lord rescued me from it all. Rescued me from it all. Church, God can rescue you from it all. He'll do that. That's a promise. That's something that he will step in and do time and time and time again. And it will never stop. Never will. Till we up in heaven and we just living it up. Man, but that's good news. Because it can be discouraging when you're going through it. It's true. And we can look at other people's situations and start getting in our feelings. And we can start feeling some type of way. Like, man, I want my life to look like that. But be cautious of that. Because you don't know how that person lives. And if you do know how that person lives and they're not living according to God, that's a dangerous lifestyle. Because we see in verse 13, it says, but evil people and imposters will flourish. He like, okay, I want that to say that about me. He said, but evil people and imposters will flourish. They will deceive others and will themselves be deceived. Man, that's so good. I once heard Pastor uh, Craig Rochelle say, man, you don't know what you don't know. And he's saying like, check this out. I know that you have some understanding, that you have some wisdom, you've had some experiences in this life, but that doesn't mean you know everything or that you always will. And that's something we need to remind ourselves of sometimes. Um, because there's a lot of moments when the things that we need the most are the things that we don't know. And we could look at somebody else's situation and be like, man, their life look good. And I know how this person is living. This person living crazy. They don't believe in God. And they ain't got no problems. I'm over here doing God's way. Doing what he asked. And man, I just, I keep going through it. And it doesn't make sense. Like, I'd rather have that. But you know how the old saying is. The grass is always greener on the other side. You go over there, you find out, man, it's fake grass the whole time. That everything that you thought was never the way that it actually was. When the whole time all you had to do was water your own grass and you could have had the thing that you were after to begin with. So I say this to say, don't let the illusion of somebody else's life be your conclusion of what you want in yours. Don't do it. Because often the things that you don't see are the very things that you're trying to avoid to begin with. And if you try to go live that lifestyle, man, it's going to end up blowing up in your face. The same way that it's eventually going to blow up in theirs. So when we take things at face value and we're not counting the cost, we're not consulting God, uh, we're taking the advice of somebody that's not a believer, um, man, what we're actually doing is deceiving ourselves. Just like those imposters, just like those evil people. Because there's a point that we're all going to have to sit down and have to come into Jesus' time, right? We've got to come to Jesus about it. Whether it's at the end of this life or even a day of reckoning and the things that we're going through. Man, there's a coming to Jesus point. 
And I don't know about you, church, but uh, I'd rather avoid a lot of that stuff. If I knew, you know, short-term success was going to lead to long-term problems, I'm good. I don't need that. And that's what God's saying. He said, look, I know things look good over there, but it's not worth it. Because in the end result, you're going to end up paying more than you thought you was going to get in the first place. So if you didn't know, now you know. Because remember, it's about what you know, right? And I want to make sure that you stay in the know. Not only do you know now some of these things, but you stay growing. You stay learning. Because remember, what you don't know, you don't know. So we can't act like we always have it all figured out. We got to be humble enough to say, man, I need help with this. I need to seek some, some wisdom in this. I need to spend some time in the Word, seeing what God says. I need to consult with some godly friends and see what they say. We need to check out what we know. And then we need to do this. Remain faithful. Remain faithful. I said it last week. Don't get bored with consistency. Being faithful isn't always my own top living. I get it. You know, because when you're when you're mountaintop living, when things are going great, you're right, you're doing your part. God's doing his part. The enemy's catching L's left and right. Life is good. It's great. Man, enjoy those moments uh, because they won't last forever. And that's that's the truth. And I, I can't even spit the truth to you. I can't be fake about it. It won't last forever. We just heard what, what Paul was telling Timothy earlier, right? He said there's going to be suffering. There's going to be persecution. Last week I talked about it. There's going to be difficulties. It doesn't matter how, how much you're staying in God's truth or how long you've been remaining faithful. That doesn't mean that trials or difficulties won't occur. But when you are staying in God's truth, when you are remaining faithful, it does mean you'll be able to endure them and persevere through them. That's a big difference, right? Verse 14 says, But you must remain faithful to the things you've been taught. You know that they are true, for you know you can trust those who taught you. So it goes to back, man. Who, you know, who are you learning these things from? Who's teaching you these things? Are they somebody that are trustworthy to begin with? Are they rooted in the word of God? Do they have a foundation of Jesus? If they do, then good. If they don't, man, it's probably going to be some trash you're picking up along the way that you're carrying with you. We have to be remain. We have to remain faithful. Because regardless of our difficulties and the faces of our challenges, it's not optional to remain faithful, but it's a must. Okay, it's a must. We got to be doing these things. We have to take what's being taught uh, from the word of God and believe it to be true because of where it came from, because of who's the one speaking to us. And then we have to live this stuff out. We have to apply it to our life. It's not going to do us no good if we read it and don't do nothing with it. It's like, you know, you say, man, I really need a shovel to get out this hole and this and that. And God gives you a shovel and you're looking at it like, I don't even, what am I going to do with this guy? God's like, boy, I don't know what to do with you. You ask for help and I'll give you the tools. You don't even use the tools. Use the tools, church. Use the tools that God has given you. God's wisdom that he's given to us, that he's passing down to us, it's coming from a place and a perspective that is all-knowing. So he sees things the way that it truly is and even beyond that. I know that's hard for us to wrap our minds around because we see how much we're lacking. We see what's in front of us, right? We see our, our limitations. But we got to remember that God is limitless. That's so important. So his our limits don't apply to him because he don't have limitations. And he's not like people. He's not going to give us some wisdom or some truth or, or tell us something that has added to it the flawed opinion 
of us, of human beings, the way that we are. His truth is the real truth. It's the absolute truth. Verse 15 says, You've been taught the Holy Scripture from childhood, and they have given you the wisdom to receive salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. I like that. You might be like, man, I barely became a believer. We're talking about I've been in childhood. Man, I didn't become a believer until I was 20. I'm thinking I'm 32 now. Been doing this for eight years. Do the math, 24. Is that right? <laughs> I think that's right. It's probably not right. I don't know. 26. Boy, I can't even think. I got too many things in my mind. But anyway, when you're in the beginning stage of, you know, you committed your life, you're barely scratching the surface, right? You barely begin to understand how much God has for you, how much love Jesus has for you through his sacrifice. Um, but the more that you grow with God, the more that you walk out, that you, in this relationship, you continue to do life with him, the more that your trust will grow with him. Because you've seen, like any other relationship, man, when you're going through it, man, the difficult situations always shows people's true colors. And the thing about God is he does some of his greatest work in some of the darkest places, in ways that you'll never expect, in circumstances, man, that are beyond our abilities. But in those journeys, in those dark valleys, man, we get to witness bones come to life. We get to witness mountains getting tossed out to the sea. We get to have moments that just leave us in awe and just, man, just overwhelmed with, man, the love of God. Man, it, it's so rich and it's so good. That's why remaining faithful is so key. Because it's not just trusting the process. It's good. We want to trust the process. That's a cute saying. But really, trusting the process creates trust through the process. And that's what this was saying. When you remain faithful, when you stake this out, man, you're going to grow trust in God through the process. Check this out. It says in verse 16, All scripture is inspired by God and useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our life. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. So scripture isn't a rule book. It's not. It's a guidebook. It's a roadmap for life. It's a survival kit that no matter the situation, uh, man, no matter what we're going through, there's a teaching in there. There's a lesson in there for us. And the more we're faithful in his word, the more discernment we'll gain, the more awareness, the more understanding, the greater clarity, the greater uh, vision, and greater conviction Conviction is something we don't like to talk about. Like, oh, man, I don't want to hear about the way I'm messing up. Well, you know what? You don't want to mess up. Let God take a hold of you and watch what he could do to you. Because conviction, conviction for our thoughts and our actions, it increases opportunities to have God prune us of things that we need to get stripped of, right? To get rid of some of that trash. Because you'll be surprised, man, just how unaware you are of some of the things you do. But when you remain faithful, man, that scripture is going to pull up. It's going to hop out. The Holy Spirit is going to say, hey, man, you messing up right now. You need to get it together. It's going to point it out to you. Man, there's moments that words fly out of my mouth. And as soon as they left, man, Holy Spirit punched me right in the throat. He says, boy, what are you doing? Before you know it, I'm apologizing to Desiree. And I see the way that I was speaking, whether it's the tone or the thing I say. Man, the Holy Spirit will pull up on you. It, don't, it ain't scared to pull up on you and, and convict you. Um, but that's not a bad thing. That's actually a good thing um, because I know I'm a flawed individual. I know that I'm a work in progress and I know that I need help. That if I'm doing things my way, it ain't going to get done. I'm going to stay 
man, jacked up. I need God to intervene. I need God to show me a better way. I need God to grab my hand and help me walk through things. And he's willing to. And he wants to. And the cool thing is, it's free. It's not like we got to go through some program or we got to go pay some class. or Nah, man. It's really just spending time with him. Spending time in prayer. Spending time in his word, right? Remaining faithful. Being obedient. Man, all those things will happen through it. Uh, and if you don't have a Bible... Man, I'll help you get a Bible so you can remain faithful, so you can remain in His Word. Man, it's easy to download it on your phone, or if you need a physical copy, man, I'll help you get that too. Uh, because this Word right here, this Bible is not some decor item for your nightstand. It's not. It's not some cute thing to keep on you and to just bring to church but never open up. It's not to collect dust. This thing right here, like I said, this is a survival kit. This thing can get you through anything that you experience in this life. And it's filled with so much knowledge and wisdom and so much good stuff in there. It's the most important item we could ever have. And when you have it, when you're into it, when you're when you're in it and you're remaining faithful, man, God will do some amazing things through it. And check out what it says in verse 17. God uses it not just for correction, but he uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. So when you remain faithful, you stay in it. You get preparation, you get equipping, you get empowerment. Man, God does this to you, through you, and it all results in good work. Man, that's that's so cool to, to see that, that it doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter your ethnicity, uh, what you've been through in this life, your upbringing. It don't matter your limitations, your finances, how you talk, how you dress. None of, doesn't matter. None of that stuff matters. Because when you keep God the center of your life, when you remain faithful, when you stay in this word, when you apply this word, you can produce good work for God. No matter who you are, no matter what you've been through, no matter how many times you messed up, he can still use you. The enemy can't even stop you when you allow God to use you. You know who the biggest threat is to you? It's yourself. That's who the biggest enemy is. Not even the enemy is a bigger enemy than yourself. And it's a crazy thing to think that God, who doesn't need us to accomplish any of these things, he chooses us to use us, man, so other people could experience him and his goodness. That's a humbling and crazy thing for a jacked up person like myself that doesn't deserve any of this. Yet, that's exactly what's available to each one of us. It's available to you. Man, remain faithful. So my challenge for all of us this week, spend time reflecting. Spend time reflecting. I know we live in a, in a world that's go, 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 go. It's fast-paced. We're always on the move. Uh, but it's important that we pause. It's important that we take a step back sometimes and just look at ourselves. What do we know? What are areas of wisdom that I'm lacking that I need? What do I need more insight from? Where am I getting my information from? Is the people's advice that I'm taking actually people that I need to take advice? Am I, great? am I storing up treasure or am I storing up trash? When you reflect, you have an opportunity to identify these things, to allow God to help you work through these things, and to be transformed through it. So I want to encourage you, when you reflect, and get you a journal and start spending time writing notes, taking notes of what God's speaking to you, what he's telling you. What he's, what he's saying, because you have a call on your life and you are the biggest threat to yourself. And it's about what you know 
and remaining faithful. The more that you invest in reflecting, identifying truth, and working through it, the more of God you'll experience, the more you'll be used um, to reach others, and the more your life will be filled with the joy that is unmatched. Man, reflect this week. Let me pray. Father, I just thank you. Uh, as much as you know, we, we man, make ourselves want to go all the time, a lot of times you're just like, hey, slow down. Come have a seat with me. Let's talk about these things. And it's so needed, Lord. It's so needed. So I just pray this week we would do a better job of pausing, finding opportunities to reflect, that we would hear you clearly in those moments, that you would identify things that we need to get rid of in our life that is trash, things that we've been holding on to that is not helping us, but it's actually weighing us down. And man, that even when we are convicted by you, um, as much as we feel you know, guilt and shame in those moments, Lord, I pray that uh, we would be encouraged because we would see that it's your hand in our life and you're giving us an opportunity to strip that off of us and grow in it. And so we just thank you for this, Lord. We thank you for choosing us. We thank you for using us in ways that uh, we don't deserve and for loving us and for helping us in everything that we face. We love you and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, church. I pray that bless you. I pray you have a great week. I pray you can see the dangers that are we, of the days that we're living in and that you conquer those days because you stay in this truth, because you remain faithful, because you know what's up. I love y'all. Have a great week.